0: This episode is sponsored by Goodwill Industries of Akron, the official partner of the 12 Months of Thrifting Challenge. Hey, thrifters, did you know that August 17th is National Thrift Shop Day? Enjoy 25% off your total purchase at Goodwill Akron's retail stores. The discount is not valid at the outlet or boutique. Head to goodwillakron.org to find a location near you. Happy thrifting! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dina. Oh, my gosh, I forgot. We haven't done this
1: in so long. I I forgot who I am. I know. I feel like I feel like you should just keep this in there. Let people know how goofy I am. Oh, my goodness. You're right. I'm hear you
2: say it in my head. I was like, and I'm Shannon. I'm just like, what are we waiting for? Oh,
1: you
0: dingy. Oh, man. This is gonna be fun. I know it was hard. It was hard to get back into podcast mode. My brain was just not (laughs) working today either. My brain
1: was not there. I was like, yeah, I'm here for the first question. What's up?
0: (laughs) So that's Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited to be back with a new season and we're kicking it off with a 12 months of thrifting segment on furniture and upcycling furniture. There's so much to cover when it comes to thrifting furniture, like chairs, sofas, tables, ottomans, and it's often a common question we get on the podcast and blog. So we're really excited to dig in today, especially because we have a special guest with us today. Our guest is Elizabeth from the Instagram Serendipitous Lizzie. She is a technical writer for the Department of Energy, a photographer, a homebody, and thrifter extraordinaire from Knoxville, Tennessee. She's also a content creator over on her blog and Instagram, Serendipitous Lizzie. She creates content about thrifting, interior design, home organization, and shares some really fantastic furniture and craft DIY. I know you're doing a lot of home renovations and projects, which I'm really excited to talk about today. I have always enjoyed following you, Elizabeth, because in addition to you just being a wonderful and kind, friendly person, your style is completely different than mine. Uh, you have a great eye for minimalist, clean spaces, neutral, warm tones, earthy textures. And I follow a lot of rainbow accounts with just s- strawberries and mushrooms and all of the weird things that shannon and i love so your posts always stand out in my feed and i just really appreciate that breath of fresh air from you so officially welcome to the podcast Tina.
2: Woo! <laughs> it's funny that you say that our styles are so different because it's true but you would vibe really well with my sister she's really into the colorful boho kind of textured vibe. And we're just so different. So it's, it's so funny to compare with other people. And that's why I like following you also is because, well, not only are you so much more colorful, but even though I thrift probably my entire wardrobe, I don't like post about it because I guess I'm a little more camera shy. I would rather post my house. Yeah. (laughs) So it's so good to follow another thrifter that thrifts and shares a slightly different genre than myself.
0: I, re- I do. I really appreciate that, too. I mean, like I said, I follow a lot of accounts that are similar to mine, but it's really nice to switch it up and just get inspiration because I'm always inspired by the, the simple kind of colors and neutral tones that you pick up because my brain c- cannot function that way when I'm thrifting. I joke about this on Instagram all the time. As soon as I go to like the solids or neutrals, whether it's clothing or home decor, my brain just shuts off. And I'm like, let me just go do what I know how to do very well. (laughs) Shannon, are you the same way? Oh, 100%. Yep. Let's get started. Shannon, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, let's go.
1: So I'm really excited to talk to you today. And I just wondered a little bit more about your thrifting background and how you got into thrifting and
2: sustainability. Wow. Okay. So I've been thrifting since the first time I remember was seventh grade. I grew up in a family that money was a little tight sometimes. And pretty much most of my clothes came from my cousin, who was just a little bit older than me. And so I would wear her hand-me-downs. But then once we started hitting puberty, puberty, we uh, were not really the same body type. (laughs) And so I couldn't wear her clothes anymore because I am very flat, stick thin. So it was like, all right, we gotta go get some affordable clothes. And my mom took me to goodwill. And I remember the first shirt I ever thrifted. It was like blue and white stripes, had kind of like a sailor vibe. And I didn't have any kind of sense of style, but that's that's how I got into it, um, originally just kind of to save money. And then as I got into high school and college, it became, like a obsession (laughs) uh the thrill of the hunt the you know like you say deals 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 (laughs) and always trying to you know create a better wardrobe or when I started having apartments uh, furnish those and make them homey so that's how I got started into it and now that I am you know gainfully employed and I don't have to thrift everything I still love it because like you said it's it's um, environmentally conscious it's and it's also it's just fun so that's kind of how I got started and why I'm still here I guess you fit in perfectly with us
1: we're (laughs) me and Dean are a lot of the, the same as you
0: just like that I know, I really, I really, yeah, exactly. I really enjoyed hearing the kind of progression and journey. Um, I've had a similar kind of journey too. Just started off because, you know, big family, lots of sisters. And then as you get older, it becomes, okay, well, now I've moved into my first apartment, my first home. Now I'm in college. This helps support my shopping habit. Like, it's always great to hear kind of the the phases, the thrifting phases people go through because it, it's never exactly you know one straight line it's it's always changing and evolving as as the secondhand scene changes and evolves as well and because too in that moment of high school and everything you're kind of finding your identity
1: i think it's really neat to be able to find your identity through thrifting rather than like what the marketers are telling you to do you know for the quirky person that we all are you know it's so much more fun when you do it at the thrift store rather than at the big store
2: it is oh, definitely you know I was I guess I graduated high school in 2012 which I think was the year Instagram was created so like everything prior to that I was doing without social media and it was just whatever I wanted and I wasn't influenced by anything except uh, what I was wanting at that moment and so I actually kind of missed those days <laughs> I miss not being influenced by Instagram because you never really know, was this my idea or did I see it somewhere? But I feel like kids kids these days don't understand what it was like to not have social media and to go to the thrift store just for yourself.
0: Shannon and I were joking a long time ago. We were like, we need to make t-shirts that say, um, we love thrifting before Instagram because <laughs> it it's just such a different um experience now. And and I love being inspired by other people. But it was it was a completely different ballgame back then. So tell me a little bit about what your thrifting routine looks like walk us through a typical thrift run.
2: Are we talking like specifically for furniture? Or are we just talking in general? Well, let's talk both. Okay, well, we'll say general first, because I think that's the more fun answer. General, usually I go thrifting twice a month. Um, I have basically two thrift stores in the area that I love to go to the most. Um, And I usually try to bring a friend with me because that's kind of how I hang out with certain friends. Like my college roommate and I, that's what we do together. We go thrifting. And so, (laughs) because we used to live two minutes from the Goodwill that we love to shop at. We used to joke that we could put our car into neutral and like roll down the hill (laughs) into the Goodwill parking lot. Um, and we would go all the time. So that's usually, she's who I go with the most. Um, and I usually am looking for everything and anything. I have a small thrift list, but I feel like these days, I don't know if it's COVID or it's just thrift store supply has been a little weird. It's just, I don't really ever find what I'm looking for, (laughs) but I find a lot of things that I didn't know that I was looking for. So I usually hit up home goods first because I feel like that's what can get picked over the most. I walk into a store and I feel like I have instant FOMO. Like I have to run to the shelves because you know, grandma over there, she looks like she's looking for exactly what I'm looking for. And so <laughs> that's what we usually do first. And then I will hit up shoes. Cause I feel kind of the same way about shoes. You know, they're really easy to pick. And so I think that's why they, I feel like I'm going to miss out on something. And then we hit the racks. Um, so that's usually what it looks like for me to go for anything.
1: Uh, we're, we're literally the same person. Yep. Like uh, sometimes after shoes, I don't even go. I just leave. If I have like a, a, good, a good find, I just get out of there.
2: Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, well, I don't mind having a cart unlike some people. So <laughs> <laughs> at my Goodwill, yeah. actually, it's kind of like a battle to get a cart. Like you are lucky if you get a cart. Sometimes hey. we will have to wait. We'll be like, you go to Home Goods, You see if there's anything good. I'll wait here until someone checks out and I can steal their cart.
0: Is it that busy?
2: So, I think people steal the carts.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
2: <laughs> in that apartment building I said where we lived in, where you could like roll down the hill, <laughs> there's a Kroger nearby too. There was a dumpster. Literally once a week, there's 30 Kroger carts. <laughs> people bought their groceries. And would roll them to their apartment and just dump the cart by the oh, dumpster. That's so terrible. I wonder man. if a similar thing happens with the Goodwill carts because there's always a shortage. Um, is, there, is it a big Goodwill? It's probably the biggest one in the area. I don't think it's as big as some of the ones y'all have in Ohio, but it's pretty big. There should be more carts.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious.
2: So, yeah, sometimes it's a battle. <laughs> See, I get the most FOMO
0: with furniture I can totally relate FOMO for sure with with home goods but furniture because like there's there's not as much furniture so people anybody can catch it whether you have an eye for thrifting or not it's just exposed out there to the elements and so I'm like let me go to furniture before somebody takes exactly what I'm looking for so I I know how you feel about that FOMO
2: I'll tell you our Goodwills have almost no furniture. It's sad. They probably have about 10 to 15 pieces and it's usually like really small stuff. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a sofa. Um, Wow. Really? Yeah. Now if I go to the ReStore, it's different, but um, yeah, most of the Goodwills around here have very little floor space dedicated to furniture, which is why I asked what you meant by my uh typical day thrifting because if it's for furniture i have a completely different approach
0: (laughs) i'm curious why you think they don't have as much do you think people are just donating to the restore instead
2: it's a college town and i think that might have a lot to do with Mm -hmm. it because a lot of times the furniture that is donated is like awful you know no good ikea broken furniture. We don't even have an Ikea around here, so I don't know where it comes from. But um, like the really cheap stuff, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've hardly ever seen anything nice um, except for the one time where I did and I bought something. (laughs) But it's usually very rundown. And I don't, I really don't know why if it's like, like I said, college town, things get passed down person to person. There's a lot of like, if you go down to campus in May, you can pick all kinds of stuff up off the curb. But also a lot of the Goodwills around here don't have very easy like donation doors and I wonder if that might be part of it too. And then also I know some Goodwills in other parts of the country will have trucks that you can call and they'll come pick stuff up. Ours don't have that. I don't know. It's a conundrum. I don't I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. I've lived here for 10 years and I haven't figured it out yet.
0: No, that makes perfect sense about it being a college town and it's so interesting to hear you talk about that. Like our Goodwill situation appears completely different. Like we've got the trucks. We have trucks where you can drop off stuff. We have trucks that will come to your home. They're clearly labeled uh, donation drop-offs. I don't think I've ever been confused. Have you, Shannon, about where to go? Never. Yeah. They no. do that really well up here.
2: Yeah. I Okay. So I'm from the Nashville area originally, and the Middle Tennessee Goodwills are run by a completely different organization mm-hmm. than the East Tennessee Goodwills. And I think everything that they do there is so much more efficient, more streamlined. A lot of the items are all, they're all priced the same, but in Knoxville, some of them are priced the same, but they mark stuff up if it's like a fancy brand, not that that means anything. Sometimes forever 21 stuff is marked up to $10 and I'm just like you guys. Yeah. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it too. Just maybe the funding in the area and East Tennessee, Kind of when you step outside Knoxville is very rural, um, not a whole lot of money. So that could be it too. And I'm just not, I live in the city. So I'm like, why doesn't, why does none of this make sense? But I, if I go 20 minutes outside Knoxville, I'd be like, oh, duh. Well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just farms and hills and that's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, then tell us a little bit about your furniture treasure hunting strategy.
2: So if I am specifically wanting to go out to find furniture, which has happened a couple of times, I always started at our local AMVETS, which is the American Veterans Thrift Store. I don't know if you guys have those in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, I love AMVETS. It's great. I think definitely you can tell a difference in the kinds of people that donate to AMVETS. It's like more of your All-American, country boy, camo, like, you know, I see a lot of that there because I, you know, people want to support the veterans. um, And so a lot of former veterans, I think, end up donating there. But there's still usually some pretty good furniture. I've gotten a table, a side table there once, um, and it's all very reasonably priced. There was one time there was this set of velvet yellow sofas. Dina would have loved them. They're, they were gorgeous. And I, they were only like $30 a piece Ugh, killing. And me. I oh was trying gosh. so hard to find someone that would take them. Cause yellow is not really my thing. They were mustard yellow. Huh. And I went years wondering what happened to those sofas. <laughs> and just like a year ago, I started following a local thrifter and she had bought them. I had gone through her highlights and she had bought those two sofas and I messaged her. And I was like, I literally four years ago saw those at Anvets, and was like, someone needs to buy these. And now the circle is complete. I knew who bought them. And I could rest easy. So
0: totally it's so cute. <laughs> what a great story.
2: It was just like kismet. it was crazy. I couldn't believe that I found the person, you know, of all the people in the in the city, I found it.
0: <laughs> I know. So we were um, complaining about Instagram earlier. But these are the great things that come out of Instagram and thrifting.
2: Oh, yeah. A lot of I have I'm always telling my husband, oh, my Instagram friend, and he's just like rolls his eyes at me.
0: <laughs> Your Instafam.
2: Yeah. So okay, then my second place that if I'm gonna go in person shopping is the Habitat for Humanity Restore, which I think everyone knows is very, very good place to go if you need furniture. They also have the truck pickup option where they will go pick stuff up for you to donate. Um they always have tons and tons and tons of furniture i do find ours is a little overpriced but um i see some good stuff when i'm there i've never bought anything but it's definitely they curate really well what they put out there which is good so if i'm if i'm going in person that's that's how i do it but i will say i probably have bought almost all of my thrifted furniture on craigslist or facebook marketplace or um some kind of app like that just because i think the local situation is not ideal
0: i love the restore store uh that's where i got my velvet pink couch for 40 dollars. like seriously best purchase of all time
2: i love it i love your pink sofa it's so cute
1: i always think about that green couch that you found that one time remember
0: was it know. emerald
1: green yes I remember it. (laughs) Ooh, ooh, Dina. Ooh. A
0: couch? No, it was a chair. No, it was this beautiful, like, old school couch. Oh, 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 a Goodwill on State Road. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Gosh, I never forget that. That was so pretty. I wish somebody could have bought it. Who? Lauren from Noto. Oh, does she still have it? Do you know? I'm pretty sure. She did at least at her old house. I know they recently moved. That's beautiful. All
1: right elizabeth i got a game for you you okay. ready <laughs> all right so we want to get to know a little bit more about your secondhand furniture style so we want to play a quick round of this or that furniture edition okay right, i'm ready i'm ready. okay here we go velvet chair or leather accent chair
0: velvet 100 okay. that surprises me she i can never cat. have
2: leather i have a cat Okay. It's beautiful. Oh, we also we had a leather chair. I know this is supposed to be fast, but we That's had a okay. leather chair. My parents did when I was a kid, and it was always kind of stressful. Like you don't want to scratch it, you don't want to spill something on it. And yep. you know, velvet is I'm, not only beautiful; it is very forgiving. <laughs> I love it. I was I'm on the same page that. as you. Yep. Uh huh.
1: All right, next one: vintage or new? Vintage. Round or rectangular? coffee table rectangular okay i think i made that word up is that real rectangular i was supposed to say that, rectangle whatever word. <laughs> i'm glad that you're here to tell me because english major says that is a word okay ready next one neutral couch or statement couch neutral last oh. one <laughs> wood or upholstered dining chair chairs oh, okay <laughs> sorry uh wood <laughs> Would all right that's it nice job I feel like I went like pretty much the same as you I think for the I'm most part I'm very
2: practical I get that from my mom I see things all the time and I'd be like that would be hard to clean or that would be a painted dust so <laughs> you know hence velvet chair and uh <laughs> uh non-upholstered
1: dining room chairs I think I would think about all those things too where before I think when I was younger I would just buy whatever I wanted you know, where now I'm a little bit more like, you know, is this going to be easy? It's going to get messed up from my cats, et cetera.
2: Yeah, and I don't have kids, but my several of my friends do, and so I, and I love their children, and I want them to come over to my house. So I, <laughs> I feel like I make a lot of my decisions kind of based on. That. and i mean one day i think we'll have children so that's it's not just for other people but um that's part of it for sure and i love being able to tell them when they come over nothing's precious don't yep. worry about it yeah your too. child can run around like a tornado i don't care <laughs> so. yeah that's
0: actually really really smart we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back elizabeth is going to share her top furniture thrifting tips Hey, thrifters, what are you doing on August 14th? Goodwill Akron's Blue Boutique is having its final sidewalk sale of the season on August 14th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Everything on the sidewalk is 50% off, And they're going to be having hourly 35% off sales. That means every hour, a specific department is going to be 35% off. I'm talking purses, jewelry and accessories, shoes, long sleeve and short sleeve shirts. Blue Boutique is located at 335 South Main Street in downtown Akron. Head to GoodwillAkron.org to learn more.
1: So, Elizabeth, there's so much to cover when it comes to thrifting furniture. I honestly don't think that we could cover it all in one episode. But what are your go-to tips for thrifting furniture?
2: I have kind of like five tips that I thought of kind of off the top of my head that I think are a little more advanced probably than what you were thinking. So we'll see how this goes. But...
1: (laughs) No, that's wonderful.
2: I realized thrifting furniture is like an entirely different process for me than any other kind of thrifting. So I didn't think that when I, when Dina asked me which month I wanted to do. And then when it came down to it, I was like, man, (laughs) I picked a hard (laughs) one. But, um, so my five tips are first is to branch out where you're shopping. Um, because especially like we talked about before, for me, thrift shops, don't really devote a large amount of like floor space to furniture. And probably even for any thrift store, the floor space dedicated to furniture is going to be a fraction of what's dedicated to clothes um, and maybe even housewares um, unless it's a dedicated like furniture thrift store, like restore. So I thought really hard about like all the other places where me personally, I have looked for furniture and the first one is eBay and I'm not sure if everyone knows this, but you can search locally on eBay. um, So you don't have to worry about paying for shipping. Um, I don't do that a whole lot, but I have done it once. Another is Craigslist. I feel like no one talks about Craigslist anymore because Facebook Marketplace has kind of taken over. Craigslist is like the sketchy older brother of Facebook (laughs) Marketplace. Yep, And I think... Facebook marketplace has exploded so much because it's such a safe feeling process. You can stalk a person before you meet up with them. You can message them on messenger. You don't have to give them your phone number. Um, but I feel like there are still quite a few gems to be found on Craigslist because not as many people are looking there anymore. So kind of, if you're really looking for something in particular, that can be a great place to look to find a hidden gem. There are some other apps like offer up um, those kinds of places, uh, local auctions are also a really good place. I have never won anything, but I have definitely bid a couple times. They all are online now pretty much, especially after COVID. And so it it's you can just peruse what they are having up for auction and see if there's anything you like. And then you can just go pick it up locally. Um, Let me ask you a question
1: about that. Okay. So you said that you can go on to online auctions, like community ones. Is that what you mean? Like a state auction kind of things or...
2: A lot of times they are an estate sale company, but there are some I know around here locally. I can't think of any of the names off the top of my head. I just have them bookmarked, Um, but they have, um, sometimes I feel like estates are almost entirely auctioned now post COVID. So it's just kind of depends on that, but definitely um, get on a mailing list and you can get emails of when they have a new auction come up. Um, I use estate sales, the app, and you can turn on a filter that will show you auctions, or you can turn it off if you just want to see what physical estate sales are around you. Kind of segueing from there, estate sales is on the list. It's a great place to find furniture, especially if you're looking to furnish a large portion of your house, because pretty much whatever you're going to look at is already a curated collection. If the person had any kind of taste similar to yours, that's a great thing. Um, I know the only times I've bought furniture at estate sales, I've bought multiple things, um, for that reason. Uh, and then obviously Facebook marketplace, which we already said, and then garage sales and yard sales. So those are kind of like, if you're looking for something, you got to mix it up. You can't just it's like you can't just go to one thrift store. You've got to cover all your bases. You gotta go to all the thrift stores. You gotta check off all the outlets for <laughs> used furniture.
1: Yes. I this yeah, this is cool. Cause I, I've heard of like a lot of the other stuff, but I didn't really know that that those auctions are like post COVID or online or whatever. So that's interesting. I'm definitely going to go look into it because I'm sure there's some really neat things that you can find. Like I always feel weird when I go to estate sales because it's like so fun, but then you feel like you're really crossing a boundary going into somebody else's house.
2: I love estate sales for that reason because I am a nosy, curious person. (laughs) You literally get to look behind every door in someone's house and no one is going to judge or care because they don't live there anymore. And so... (laughs) It's I mean, so sometimes cool. you go for the house, you just go to look at the house. Yes, you yes. can find something. Sure, that that's a great benefit. But you also got to snoop around someone's house.
0: <laughs> well, I, I'm going to jump in real quick before you get into tip number two, because I have a question coming up related to what you just said. And if you had to put them in order of preference, what would your Favorite place be to get furniture, garage sales, auctions, estates, thrift stores, put them in order.
2: Okay. Obviously, I think everyone would say Facebook Marketplace is king. Nothing beats it. The algorithm is fantastic. Once you learn how to use it, it's safe. It's easy. You can do it from your couch. That one for me is my ride or die. (laughs) Then I would say estate sales for me are second just because the amount of furniture and the quality um, is so much higher than what you'd find in a, any given uh, thrift store. And then we'll just do like my top three. Cause like, honestly, the others for me are just so rare. It hardly ever happens. And then third for me would be thrift stores. So Facebook marketplace, estate sales, thrift stores, uh, my tip number two, and this is kind of like a design tip also. It, it kind of, I think when you buy furniture, you have to make a lot of design decisions. So I feel like some of my tips kind of crossover into the design space and that's basically plan out your space so you know what you're looking for and it doesn't have to be super specific but you know get your measurements i always have a little tape measure either in my purse or in my car i learned that from my mom Mm -hmm. (laughs) um great thing to have. And if you don't have one, sometimes thrift stores um, will have them and estate sales almost always have one. So it's a, um, a good thing. You can always find somewhere nearby, but also like what kind of style are you looking for? So you were giving like that quick, this or that, you know, neutral sofa, bright sofa, so that can be a decision that you make. Oh, I know I want a bright sofa. It doesn't have to be I want a blue sofa, but you know in general that you're looking for something brightly colored. To me, when I do this before I'm looking for anything, this kind of helps me avoid like making decisions that I'm going to regret, like impulse buys or ending up with kind of a messy haphazard look. Not to be confused with eclectic, completely different. Um, <laughs> but if you want it to feel cohesive, that's just planning out what you're looking for. A couple keywords that can help you when you're doing your searches um, on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. And then this kind of has a two part to it. One would be decide your budget. Obviously, we all want the best deal basically. But when you get to the point, possibly if you're looking for a new sofa and you don't have to get you know the $50 one, if you have more room in your budget, say maybe you think if I can't find a thrifted sofa, I'll buy one at West Elm. What I like to do is say, okay, at West Elm, the sofa would be two grand, we'll say. Well, now I have a budget of two grand to find the most incredible thrifted sofa because I'm not just looking for a deal when I'm on Facebook Marketplace. I'm looking for something equivalent or less in price to what I was going to buy anyway. And so this is how you can end up getting a little more freedom. And I struggle with this because like I said, I grew up in a A household where money was tight sometimes and so i feel like i always have to give myself permission to spend a little more and not just get the cheapest thing so that little tip of like looking up a comparable new item and saying oh well i can buy a pottery barn sofa for two grand or i can buy like a crazy would have been like you know seven grand new sofa on facebook marketplace for 1500 that doesn't seem like so much of a splurge anymore so, I love
0: that. You're working kind of backwards. That's yeah. that's a really really interesting outlook. And you know, I just wanted to chime in and say along the same lines, one thing that I like to do is almost the opposite of that is balancing out thrifted and new. So when we moved into this house, I had a certain vision where I bought a lot of the kind of main statement pieces. It wasn't even a splurge. It was like value city is that what it's called value city furniture so it was not thrifted but it certainly wasn't a seven thousand dollar couch and so i i told myself all right the main kind of living pieces are going to be new because i have a certain vision in mind and then everything else accessorized around that is going to be thrifted the ottomans the end tables the coffee tables things like that the the wall art the dining chairs so that was like such a fun uh, challenge, And it's a great way, I think, for people who are starting out who just feel so overwhelmed by a space. You can certainly balance that out, you know, that way. I do- love that idea, too,
1: because you can, like, keep it weird. Because, you know, when you find cool stuff at the thrift store, you know, it's not going to be from Target where, like, everybody has the same thing in their living room from Target. I totally. can find some weird weird thing at the thrift store that nobody has
0: well that's the beauty i think of secondhand is that it totally adds character because you're absolutely right it's not going to look like the next you know cookie cutter farmhouse like everybody else's or you know whatever the newest fad is that's out front and center at all of these furniture and home goods stores do you do that at all elizabeth kind of balancing out new and and thrifted
2: I don't feel like I have yet. And I think that's maybe because this is our first house. Almost everything has been thrifted, but I do think both approaches are equally as valid and easy to do. It's more a matter of, are you budgeting per room? Like I'm going to spend X amount on this room, or are you budgeting per item? Um, And I tend to be more on the budget per item spectrum, but... I know tons of other people that do it the other way and it's just as successful. I find I have more freedom with myself if I go item by item because (laughs) some people are like, Oh, it's so freeing. You say, I'm going to refresh my kitchen for $500. I still find myself trying to do it as cheaply as possible. Mm -hmm. Like even if I give myself $500. So that's just, I think a personal mental hurdle I have to get over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my second tip related to planning your space is to thrift placeholder pieces if you need them. Because I think a lot of times, you know, we do this with new stuff too. You get a new apartment, you go to Ikea, you get a dresser to hold you over until you can afford a nice one one day. And me personally, I always tell people, "Why didn't you just go to Goodwill or you know go to Facebook Marketplace? You could have got it for ten dollars." And then you know you're really motivated to find something nicer, but you're also not just getting something that you are going to throw away one day because it's going to fall apart. So, thrifting those placeholder pieces is—I always try to encourage people to do that. I've done it. It's a really great sustainable practice. That's also a lot cheaper than if you just got it at IKEA. So, yep. Yeah. That's kind of my plan your space tip. My third tip is to train your eye to recognize good bones. And I tend to be a little more on the traditional side of design. I like antiques. I like vintage furniture. And I've always kind of been in a family that has had antiques. So I feel like I kind of got a little bit of a training as a child, um, from my grandparents, my great grandparents, and even my parents, after one of my great grandparents died, that we inherited some of her furniture. And so our living room always had this like really nice vintage and antique furniture that I was just, that's what I grew up, you know, sitting on and <laughs> playing piano on a beautiful vintage piano. Uh, so just training your eye to know what to look for, because it's up to you to recognize what's valuable. Um, if you're gonna get a good deal. Uh, if if a seller knows what they have is good, then they're gonna charge more for it. So it's kind of, it's your job to know what's valuable, what's worth something. And to hope that maybe the seller didn't know there, you know, a, a wood coffee table, but it, then you look closer at the pictures and you realize, hey, that's burl, that's beautiful wood. Oh, that's a famous designer. And so, um, <laughs> Just kind of learning some of the brands too like one of my favorites that I find around here is Ethan Allen, like the older stuff. Um, I think the stuff in like the 80s and 90s is not really my style but pretty much anything before that I love to find and I have bought a side table and for like twenty dollars. I didn't know it was Ethan Allen, but I really liked it. And then when I got there and opened up the drawer, there it was, Ethan Allen stamped on it. So like subconsciously, I recognized that this was a brand that I generally like. And kind of like looking up brands, you can Google lists of, you know, good, vintage or antique brands. And then you can search those on Facebook Marketplace as keywords to kind of um, train yourself, but also train the algorithm to know what you're looking for.
0: And I I think too, with that, learning kind of what has good bones is also, I don't know if this is on your list, but it's also a good tip related to upcycling. Because if something has good bones, and you could tell it's like, beautifully made, but it's a little beat up, and it has potential, you'll be able to kind of fix that up as opposed to a busted IKEA shelf that's maybe, you know, scuffed or whatever or has a little bit of paint on it. To me, that's, not worth bringing home. So just kind of knowing what's worth picking up. Um, if it's not going to be a placeholder item, what has those good bones the, and that's worth upcycling?
2: Yeah, that was kind of like a sub bullet to this point in my brain <laughs> is that, you know, old furniture is made of higher quality material than anything made past like the 90s. Yeah, the wood, it's made of real wood. Yep. It's not cardboard, or MDF, and it can be refinished. It can be, um, you can recover them. I don't know. I saw recently on Instagram, I wish I could remember what account it was, but it was essentially like a fancy furniture company, like a modern day one. And they were doing like a chair deconstruction demonstration where they had their fancy, you know, American made chair and like a pottery barn chair. And they were taking them apart and they looked really similar. And you could just see the difference in the construction of something that's quality. Um, and I think the Pottery Barn one literally had cardboard in yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and you think Pottery Barn? Pottery Barn is pretty nice. Like mm-hmm. that is generally out of my budget because that stuff's expensive. So it's it's so awful that expensive furniture is still cheap. I'm sure my grandfather would have a cow if he like de- uh, if he took apart a chair today because he's really into quality furniture?
0: I compare modern day furniture in my mind to like fast fashion. It's very similar. It's not built to last. It's only built to last you maybe a couple of years. And I'm talking like beds, all of that stuff. I mean, our bed that we purchased on Amazon five years ago, I mean, it's falling apart. And it wasn't cheap, right? So like you're saying, like, When you said Pottery Barn, I'm like, oh, that's supposed to be like a trusted brand. But none of it's built to last. It looks good, but it doesn't really function properly. And it's so frustrating because we all grew up with like those really high quality pieces. Our beds lasted forever, right? Like they lasted our entire childhood.
2: Yeah. I don't know if you follow Elisa from A Glass of Bovino, but she talks a lot about furniture and Facebook Marketplace and thrifting and something that she has done that's been interesting for me to watch her do is she's had multiple pieces reupholstered and in fancy designer fabric sometimes it's interesting to see how you know you thrift this pair of chairs for 50 dollars, you spend a thousand dollars on fabric which seems like insanity but then when they are done and they look so beautiful and nice and you say, okay, so these cost me basically $1,000, that's like less than the cost of one chair from a fast fashion equivalent furniture store. So yeah, I think it's something that our generation is not really very knowledgeable about. Like We don't really know a lot about the quality and how to reupholster or to refinish. But once you start getting into it and you stop being afraid of the initial price tag and say, okay thousand dollars is a lot, but this is going to last me my entire life. Um, I could have it recovered again in 30 years if I wanted to, um, you know, those kinds of things you start thinking not so much about the here and now, and you start thinking about in 30 years, this is going to still be in my house and it's still going to be something I like. And if it's not, I can just change the fabric. Yeah, Yeah,
1: that's so true. That's something my grandma used to do back in the eighties is she had the same sofa And I think she had it reupholstered three times. And, you know, back then we're just like, oh, crazy grandma, always wanting to change things up, change the wallpaper, change, change, change. But you know, we couldn't do that with our furniture today. Cause like you're saying, it's made, it's garbage. You know, when you've used it for five years, half of it's broken. You have to, you have to throw it away. You can't reupholster it. So it just goes to show exactly what you're saying is that we can thrift something that's a little ugly, but then we can make it beautiful in our style with a little bit of the, you know, extra money that we're going to put into it. But if it's going to last forever, I mean, that's wonderful. And you know, you're not out there buying, you know, more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The great point. I have a couch from West Elm that I bought when I graduated college. So I guess I've had it for six years and it is, we, I don't have kids, we don't have dogs, but it is like falling apart and wow. just from like daily use. And I'll yeah. tell you, we didn't really even sit on it till I got married. Cause usually I would just sit in my bed and you know read or whatever. But, <laughs> so really only it's been getting two and a half years of hard use. Yeah. That's and it's just, the legs are crooked. There's rips in the seams of the cushions. And I just, I'm like, I never again. Yeah. And you know, like I was saying, Elisa from a glass of Bovino, she says she will never buy new upholstered furniture again which I think is so counter like intuitive to what a lot of thrifters think. Most thrifters are like, I would never buy a piece of upholstered furniture thrifted because it's dirty or it stinks or it's gross. Mm -hmm. And like she has the complete opposite mentality and it's kind of helped teach me because I'm probably getting close to needing a new sofa soon. You know, maybe I don't buy a new one. Mm -hmm. Maybe I do look into finding a vintage one in a shape that I like and getting it reupholstered. My last tip is to learn how to use Facebook Marketplace. And I feel like there are a lot of really good blog posts out there about this. I don't remember where I've learned a lot of these tips, but it's definitely been from like everyone I follow on Instagram. I feel like I'm always learning. Um, and basically there's like a couple things that you really, if you're looking for something that you should be doing. And the first one is checking often, which is kind of like going to the thrift store often. Um, if I'm looking for something specific, I literally like refresh Facebook marketplace every couple hours, um, <laughs> because things come and they go very quickly, especially if, you know, I'm looking for something that might be a popular item, like a couch, um, that's in good shape for a good budget price. Uh, another is to learn how to negotiate on Facebook marketplace. It's not really like it is at a garage sale, because, uh, if you start being, like too aggressive or you ask too many questions, the seller literally just doesn't answer you. (laughs) You know, there's, you're not face to face with them. They can just walk away um, figuratively. So learning how to um, not ask too many questions, be kind, um, that kind of along that line. And then also knowing when a deal is good and not negotiating, because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are trying to get a deal and it's already a deal, seller is going to be like, forget you. I've got 10 other people in line that are willing to pay what I, what I have listed for. And kind of on the flip side, if something is like the most amazing deal, uh, sometimes you have to say, I'll pay you $50 more than what you listed this for, because that's, what's going to get them to pick you. Out of all the other people that are waiting in line for this. So it's a completely different mentality from like a garage sale.
0: I'm waiting for Shannon to chime in on this one because you lowball people (laughs) all the time. I wasn't going to tell her about
2: it. (laughs) I feel like I have definitely lowballed people and gotten a deal. But usually, you know, you can see how long something has been posted. And so if I see it's been posted for several days, I'm a lot more likely to say, hey, would you take... Hundred dollars less or whatever, but if I see it was listed forty five minutes ago and I really want it, yeah, negotiating is not something I do unless unless it's like I don't really need this. But maybe I would need it if it was $100 cheaper. Yep. That's <laughs> you know. always
1: what I do. If it's something that I'm not obsessed immediately, I'm like, who cares if they don't take my offer? But if they do, then I can tell everybody about it. But if they yeah. don't, then whatever. Shannon, but I mean, like, it's con- I got like three pairs of pants for $7 on Poshmark before. so <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's because your roots are in garage and yard sales. She's a yeah. completely different person when we're out there at people's garage sales it's like she turns into this other person and she she uses that same practice on poshmark and facebook i'm like you are the customer i hate
2: yep, when i'm selling
0: yep. something she'll be like mm, ten dollars on something that's listed for like 75
1: hey if it's been sitting there forever sometimes people just want to get it out of their face you mm, never know okay
0: but you Three know what? pairs
1: of pants for seven dollars on poshmark
0: That was, I, I, I'm I'm a burglar. You are because she probably, well, not probably. I know she made $5 off of that sale. $4. Maybe. Yeah, I know. She was probably better off just taking him to Goodwill. No, (laughs) then she didn't give him to Goodwill. She gave him to me. Oh, it's all good. But you know what, Elizabeth? I, uh, as a seller, I sell a lot on Facebook Marketplace and everything you said from like the buyer's perspective about making offers and Um, Asking too many questions. I completely agree with you. That is the best approach. Ask the right questions. Like a lot of times people just ask some really unnecessary questions. And you, like you said, you've got other DMs sitting there and it's like, you know what? I'm not going to waste my time on this. Like, if you're going to be that kind of customer, I'm not sure that this is going to be a smooth transaction.
2: It's funny that we have to be more polite online than we do in person at a garage sale. Like, you'd think it would be the opposite, that you would have to be more polite in person. But I think people just, our culture of garage sales, we expect people to haggle and try to get a deal.
1: But online,
2: it's like, I don't have to deal with you. I don't want to, so block. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just
0: had the best experience with somebody. I sold a wicker chair and I got a lot of really annoying questions. And I had somebody that was just like, hey, I see you take Venmo for down payment. How much is it? Can you hold it for me? I mean, it was such an easy transaction. She was serious about the sale. She was serious about making a down payment to hold it. So
2: That was one of my tips too, which is that if you're really in earnest about something, offer to put down some money, uh, Venmo or PayPal. And sometimes if they don't have either of those, just the fact that you said it is enough to show them that you were serious and they might be willing to hold it for you for a day if you can't make it out to that side of town today or, um, kind of just going the extra mile to make it easier for the buyer is usually going to be in your benefit.
0: And I was so happy with this woman who made this transaction so smooth when she came, I heard she had a little kid in her car and, um, I have like this mini kids kid size wicker chair that I was about to sell at a garage sale. And I'm like, hey, you want this for free? And she was so happy. But I just felt like you made my life so much easier. You were so kind. And it was totally a stress-free exchange. I was happy to just give her the chair.
2: That's so great. <laughs> I wish I could have a good experience like that. I feel <laughs> like it's like pulling teeth trying to get people... be polite and normal people sorry Shannon (laughs) (laughs) I totally it's okay I
1: understand your perspective and I'm just a monster when it comes to
0: it (laughs) there's nothing I can do it just comes out but you but like you said though when it when you are serious about something you'll you'll make the right offer yeah totally you're not all that bad
2: so my last tip is to train the algorithm to help find what you're looking for um, which all that really entails is saving items. even if you have no intent to buy, if you save that item, it is going to kind of it analyzes the photo and the words and the listing and it will show you things that are similar to that. And sometimes if I'm really wanting something like I'm probably gonna do this when it's time for me to get a couch is just to search in another city completely different city than your own and save the items like, that come up that match what you're looking for because then sometimes you go back to your city and the newly listed it's going to show you very close to some of the things that you were saving and then another way is to vary your search words in what you're looking for so if i'm only searching ethan allen sofa probably not going to get as many hits as i would if i was searching vintage sofa uh, velvet sofa antique sofa So those kinds of things, really making sure you're searching both specific and wide for what you're looking for. Yeah. And if
0: you save items, I believe it sends you a notification if they bring if they mark the item down. Uh, That's happened to me before where I've saved some stuff and then I get dinged saying, hey, this chair is now $10 off or something.
1: That's so cool. I had no idea.
0: Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Those are great tips. I feel like we do need a whole episode on Facebook Marketplace and How not to be a a Shannon. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I feel bad making fun of you. (laughs) Oh, I think it's funny. I don't care. Well, I do have a question related to one of your tips. One of the most common questions I get anytime I post something related to furniture is... How do you clean it? Ew, doesn't it gross you out? Especially, as you said, upholstered furniture, soft surfaces. I've been getting a lot of questions that I never did before about wicker because wicker is coming back in style. And I'm getting some comments about, well, what about wicker and bed bugs? So what are your tips, if you have any, on how to clean furniture?
2: I remember specifically you guys were going over like a list of things that you wouldn't thrift. And I think one of them was like an upholstered headboard, which made me laugh because I have in my bedroom a thrifted upholstered headboard. <laughs> um, I don't really know why. Maybe it's because my mom cleans houses for a living, that, but I just am not really afraid of germs. Um, I feel like there's no germy thing that I can't tackle. So if I'm thrifting, a upholstered piece of furniture my approach is usually to vacuum it really well obviously before you buy it check for bed bugs i know you've shared this tip before but if you buy something from a thrift store they treat it beforehand if it's any kind of like normal um like goodwill or ambets i don't know maybe mom and pop stores don't do that but i know all the big name brand thrift stores do that at least around here So if you're buying on facebook marketplace check for bed bugs smell is the most important thing to me outside of bed bugs i have a very sensitive nose and so if something smells like cigarettes Mm. for me that smell can never go away i know for other people they can get it to a point where they can't smell it anymore but i am not that way it has to be completely smoke-free home which is something you can ask a buyer or a seller before you buy Um, But still, sometimes you show up and they weren't a smoker, but maybe the person in the apartment across the hall from them was. That happened to me one time. And I was like, my mom ended up buying something for me. And when she got it home, she had like a sinus infection, so she couldn't smell. My dad was like, this smells like cigarettes. And my mom was like, oh, he said he didn't smoke. Um, So it just ended up being kind of a a disaster there. We were able to resell it, thankfully, for what we paid for it. Um, But that was terrifying. Cause I was like, I can't use this. It smells like cigarettes.
0: Yeah. I don't blame <laughs> so, you
2: being preventative, like checking for bed bugs, checking for smells that can go a long way. Um, so then, like I said, once I get home, I vacuum it. Usually I have a handheld steamer, like for steaming clothes and that's what I use to disinfect. Well, I'll spray it with like a disinfectant and then to go an extra mile, I disinfect with a steamer. Um, and then we recently bought one of those little mini carpet cleaners, like the little green machine or whatever that everyone has on TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I haven't used it on furniture yet, but I'm looking forward to being able to do that. Um, that so, changed the
0: game. Ever yeah. since TikTok made that famous, that yeah. thing is like, where where was that 15 years ago, you know, when we were buying furniture and yeah. trying to figure oh, out a way to clean it?
2: I wish. Um, so... OxyClean is what my mom uses to get stains out. So, if you have a stain in the furniture, that's usually what we do first. And then, some like warm water tends to get stains out better than cold. Um, mm. And then, also, if it smells like cat or dog or just like old house smell, ammonia is what my mom uses. She will literally just like spray it on, and then you leave it outside, and the ammonia will evaporate and it takes the smell with it. So, That's how we would clean an upholstered piece of furniture. That's pretty cool. And then for like a dresser or something like a hard goods, usually all I do is I just wipe it down with an antibacterial wipe. If it stinks, I usually will like leave some baking soda in the drawers and then vacuum it out. But usually it's pretty easy to clean um, hard pieces of furniture.
0: Yeah. When you're treasure hunting for furniture, what are some of the things that are at the top of your list? Like I have a few go-to that I'm always excited to find. Is there anything like that for you?
2: I think I have like a side table problem. (laughs) I have purchased no fewer than five side tables for our living room. And I actually have one that my mom bought for me and gave to me this past weekend. And I need to like swap out with the one I have to see which one I want. But side tables are definitely probably my number one thing because they're cheap. Usually they fit in my car and um, they are just, they make such a big difference in this space to me.
1: One of the hardest things for some new thrifters is learning to see the potential in pre-loved items. This happens to me all the time. I'll be at the thrift store and I see things and I'm just like, eh, then Dina buys it, takes it home, puts it in her house. And I am so jealous every single time. So, what are some tips that you have for somebody that wants to try to upcycle furniture?
2: I have definitely upcycled a lot of pieces of furniture. Um, the first piece of furniture I ever thrifted in college was this mid-century bookcase with a, like glass sliding doors. I still have it. I still love it. It's in my living room. But the finish was not... Great. And I think that's why it was so cheap. (laughs) So to me, anything that is wood can be sanded down and refinished. And even if you don't want to sand it down, they sell rubs that you can put into the wood that just make a world of difference. I think there's one called like Restore a Finish. I don't remember. Susan Brinson or Susan from House of Brinson on Instagram. She's the one that recommended it. It's amazing. I bought some at Home Depot And I did like every piece of furniture in my house and it is amazing. It's, it's like it completely, it's like I sanded it down and refinished it. So sometimes you don't even have to do that much work. You can just buy a a polishing product and it will help cover up those disguises or disguise those scratch marks. And then there's like those little furniture pens. Mm -hmm. those are great you can buy at home depot for like less than ten dollars a pack that has every wood tone that you could ever think of i would definitely recommend doing that because if you go in and you buy them individually you're going to pay a lot more than if you just go in and buy the pack Mm -hmm. um and then if a wood piece of furniture can't be refinished or if you feel like it's too much work you can always paint it this credenza that's behind me i don't know if you can see it you can see it a little bit right there. It's mm-hmm. this really pretty mid century credenza. But when I bought it on Craigslist, someone had painted all the drawers like primary colors. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> it looks so weird. Yeah, it's like Dina. It's Dina. <laughs> no. Weirder. So much weirder. Like not not colorful. Weird. It was <laughs> I can't I'll have to show you like it wasn't the rainbow no no it was like (laughs) nightmare in kindergarten like that's kind of how it felt well that's really pretty behind you what'd you have to do to it so my dad told me you know you'll never be able to sand all the color out it was like they had used almost a stain of color um and whoever had bought it had tried to refinish it you could tell because they had already sanded all the drawers but you could still see the color. So I decided that I needed to paint it. And if you're gonna paint furniture, I'm probably gonna be very controversial here when I say do not use chalk paint. (laughs) I don't understand why that stuff is so popular. It is not that great. The finish scratches, um, don't recommend it. I also don't recommend using latex paint because then it will scratch and peel. What you need to use is specifically like a cabinet enamel um, that's what I used on this piece behind me. And I think sometimes there's different kinds, but as long as it's like an enamel and it's four cabinets, then, you know, it's going to be durable and it's going to hold up to, you know, wear and tear drawers, opening and closing. Um, and then also hardware, like sometimes all something needs is new hardware. Um, I've definitely done that before. The piece behind me has new hardware. Uh, Really, I feel like completely changed the look of it than if I had just painted what was already there. And hardware is so cheap. You just Mm -hmm. go to Home Depot. They have so many more options now, by the way, than like when I did this piece in like 2016. Because I remember I went and I got like the only cute poles that they had. And now I think last time I went in there, we were looking for kitchen cabinet poles. I was like, "Where was all of this when I needed it for that stupid credenza?" Yeah, <laughs> so, even
0: uh, like Home Goods, the store has some yep. really cute uh, hardware for dressers and stuff like that. I've picked some up for the nursery before.
2: But when it comes to like recognizing it in the store, I feel like you have to train your eye. It's kind of like what I said earlier when you were—I was talking about finding brands that are. Um, like quality. You have to also train your eye to find things that match your aesthetic. And for me, the way I do that is through Pinterest. I have a board for, you know, every room in the house, just of inspiration. It's not necessarily what I want to do in my own home. It's just things that I like. And I can go through and, you know, see, I really like, you know, chestnut colored dressers, or I really am into wicker mirrors, or you know things of that nature. It's it's a really easy way for you to go through and find what you're what you like. Michael and Smith, who's on Instagram as the Nester, she does what she calls a Pinterest reading, where you like give your Pinterest to someone else, like hand them your phone, and then ask them to tell you what they're seeing because sometimes you can't get over your yourself and you you can't find it for yourself. But if you hand it to your friend, she's gonna say well, clearly you need a green sofa because you've pinned it a million times. And then you're like, duh. So sometimes an outside perspective can be helpful too. That's cute.
0: Well, I want to wrap this up real quick, but I I didn't want to log off without asking about some of your home projects. So you're doing a lot of renovating, right?
2: Yeah, we're living in our first home. And I guess because of COVID, we've had a lot of downtime. Both of us are working from home, so we don't have a commute anymore. And it's been really nice, all this free time. So yeah, we've definitely done a lot of renovation.
0: What are you working on right now?
2: Right now, we are trying to finish our kitchen. This is not our forever home. And we wanted to kind of just do like a phase one facelift. And we basically are done except we were struggling with our countertops and we had pink laminate which I feel like is just the most insane thing like it's an, it's it's an, it was built in 91 so it's not like it's that old like who had pink countertops in the 90s I don't know Us, apparently <laughs> but we didn't want to rip them out because we don't really like the footprint of the kitchen. We want to move the sink and the stove one day if we ever totally gut it. So we were just trying to come up with like a facelift solution and uh, a blogger or a popular home decor blogger did a project where they used a certain kind of paint and it did not work at all. It was a total fail. So Mm. we are kind of, we've just taken a step back. It's, it's not pink anymore. It's just kind of like a scratched up black. So I'm like, maybe if it gets scratched up enough, it'll look like marble vein or something. There you go. (laughs) But our cat accidentally, we didn't know that she did this. She gets up on the fridge sometimes. And she, when she was jumping down, knocked something off and scared herself. And she like scampered across the countertop in fear. And now there's just like cat scratches, <laughs> like from the fridge to the sink. It's hilarious. So that's definitely awesome. keeping it real over here. It's not all pretty <laughs> and fun and games. There's a, little, a lot of reality too. So you hopefully know. within the next, within the next month, we're hoping to finally decide what we're going to do. And um, I think our next project will be our master bathroom. Ooh. Fingers crossed.
0: Well, I'm going to encourage people to go check out your Instagram serendipitous Lizzie to see all of the projects you've made specific you've done specifically your office that you created out of a closet, which is yes. the most beautiful thing in the world. If you follow her, leave a comment and let her know that you heard her on the podcast so you guys can all connect.
2: I really appreciate you inviting me to be on here. It was so much fun. Very, very nice to meet you after like 10 years of following <laughs> you online. Aww.
0: It is my pleasure. It's so nice to meet you. I in, always enjoy chatting with you online. Um, and I'm so excited to just follow your, your home journey and your furniture journey and everything else. Thanks, Dina. Thanks for listening to Allow Us to read thrift Reduce Ourselves. For episode show notes, go to dinasdays.com slash podcast. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Re Podcast, and I'm on Facebook at Dina's Days. Goodwill Akron is at Goodwill Akron both on Facebook and Instagram. To find a Goodwill Akron location near you or to shop Goodwill online, go to goodwillakron.org shop. We'll see you next time.